and welcome to episode 138 of Retro Encounter, RPG fans occasionally on-topic podcast. I am your host for today, Peter Treisenberg, the furious horseman of the apocalypse. And joining me today, we have the illustrious Keegan Lee. Hello, hello. And also, Marcos Gaspar. Hey, how's everyone doing? We're, we're, we're doing good. We've, we've braved the, ash, the ashlands of death. And we've emerged victorious. <laughs> Don't lie to me. I know. I know how it's been. Yeah, that's, we may, we may have clipped through a few walls. We may have. We may have. Fought, we may have gotten stuck in a strangely box-shaped uh, hole in the wall. Um, but all in all, it's been a good time. I think, right, guys? Right? Yeah, Absolutely. it's not been terrible. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in case you haven't figured this out, dear listeners, today we're going to be talking about Darksiders Two. Uh, Vigil Games' follow-up to the to Darksiders, which was, I think it was a pretty well-received, the first game was pretty well-received at the time, enough to garner a sequel. That sequel came out, and the reception was mixed, to say the least. Yeah, I don't remember hearing as much about Darksiders 2 as I did uh, 1 in the media, you know? Mm-hmm, well, yeah, no, and I think our—I mean, I think we gave it a pretty like we gave it a seventy something on our site, and then THQ, the publisher, went out of business shortly thereafter. So <laughs> that was thus, not because of us. <laughs> that, that, that just—I'm I'm not saying there's a co- a correlate a causation, maybe just a correlation. Um, no, we did not. RPG fan did not kill THQ. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly, you can't prove anything. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, Darksiders 2. Darksiders 2 is, um, it's a sequel in every way you can imagine. It's bigger, it's better, it's got a more snarky protagonist who's hip and cool with the youngins these days. Oh, yeah. Today, instead of the Horseman War, uh, today we're working with the Horseman Death. So, uh, what did we all think of Death? What did we think of when we first took control of this long-haired Grim Reaper? I thought... He was kind of like, I thought it was a little dorky at first, you know, kind of like too edgy, but he really grew on me over time, you know, like he was, in my opinion, a much more likable character than war because he felt more relatable, I suppose. Like he's a guy who's trying to help out his family, you know, at the end of the day, he's someone who's trying to save a loved one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, I, I hear you. Uh, and I, I kind of like him too. Uh, and I was speaking with uh, Keegan and Peter earlier uh, off here that I kind of wanted him to have a Spanish accent for some reason, just from his like <laughs> appearance. And like, I really, really wanted that. Or just have him voiced by Antonio Banderas or something like that. And that <laughs> would just that like, cool. oh, that would add so much atmosphere. It'd be a little weird, but I think that would just make the game like. Yeah, because. <laughs> Yeah, I was just saying, the way he's, like, stacked up is, like, he's got his arms down at his side like he's ready to go for a fight, right? So yeah, it's like, yeah, you got this this Old West thing going. Uh. Maybe in an alternate future, who knows? But that's that's the fourth horseman, according to this universe's lore. Um, That's Strife is the one who has dual pistols. So maybe he's the cowboy and the, the horseman of the apocalypse, who knows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we'll I- see. I also like death, although I'm not sure. I, I also like death. That's a sentence. <laughs> RPG, RPG fan, quote us. Put that on the back of the box. Um, <laughs> um, I, indeed. Um, but no, I think I think he is a. I, I, I like I like him a lot. I don't. I I like war mainly because of the Liam O'Brien ness of him. Um, but he is kind of a one note, bulky, Kratosy. I'm angry all the time, and I want revenge. Yeah kill everything and get revenge and i'm gonna be so gravelly voiced about it and all sad and get revenge um and then uh death comes along and he's this kind of sarcastic easygoing like like he's got this demeanor to him that he know like yeah he's got this reputation he's the grim reaper he's the bringer he's the pale rider the kin slayer all that he's got all these titles and all this build up to him but then he's he himself is just kind of like sup. Yeah, he's he's the cool kid <laughs> class, you know. Like you don't want to fight him, but he'll be your best friend until you mess with him. Yeah, he's got like this kind of sarcastic, quippy, like almost more action heroy vibe going to him. Yeah, where... and he's also just also kind of just fed up with everyone's BS. 
like he doesn't like when whenever you're you're going on with a a side quest and someone's asking him to find find my find my plate in this dungeon he death you can just hear death like rolling his eyes behind his mask being like really i was constantly <laughs> waiting for death to just say i'm getting too old for this <laughs> he I all have- but he all but does in one of the early side quests. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, with Karn, right? The um, what, what what race were they? I'm sorry. Uh, the the, ma- the... Go ahead, Keegan. Oh, I said it was the Makers, correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. The Maker Karn, uh, like the the young strapping, uh, um, like Younglin, even though he's probably like hundreds of years old, and he's just asking <laughs> Death uh, like the front of every dungeon, like, "Hey, how you doing, buddy? You mind uh, helping me out here?" It's just like, de- what do you want now, Karn? <laughs> uh, you know, I left this, I left this, 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 this bowl in in this du- dungeon. It's got a lot of sentimental value to me, and I'm just over here like, how did you get it in the dungeon? <laughs> <laughs> what 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 significance is this bowl? It's like I just eat chips from it. I mean, it's a good bowl. It's, it's a good bowl. I want it back. Can you can you can you possibly find the time? Whatever, you get an XP bonus for it. Yeah. Um. Really, really, uh, Darksiders, uh, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves with that, because uh, uh, the, the, let's, let's do a little bit of a plot synopsis for Darksiders 2. So we're playing as Death now, and it's not so much a sequel as it is a side story, yeah, I like want to say. Interval, you know? Yeah, because basically, technically speaking, in terms of the timeline of this bizarre, goofy, cheesy universe they've created... Uh, it actually takes place before the first game, in a sense, because death is war is war is currently on trial for uh, for his crimes, quote unquote, in the first game, and humanity has already gone extinct because the apocalypse has happened. And death is like, hey, now my brother is innocent. I'm going to go resurrect humanity and prove that he is innocent. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the onset to your journey. So you f- begin the game, and you're going to talk to this old cro- the, to the crow father, who's like this old wizard dude who uh, is crazy and might know how to how to bring back humanity. Uh, what do we think of the first area? I, I, I thought it makes a really striking first impression. Agreed. It was very visually impressive, and it teased enough lore without giving it away that it made me want to keep playing, you know? Like, why is the Crow Father crazy? What's up with this talisman that he's got? It was pretty cool. Yeah, I really liked it. I, I always like snow places. Snow places and desert places always great. Uh, and, like, finally getting to, like, battle, like, a more stronger enemy towards the end. Find, uh, getting uh, the use of my skills. And I, I really enjoyed it. I, I like Crow Father. Well, what did he have? Did he have, like, a death... Uh, like souls, like the souls of the Nephilim that he's uh killed. Yes, yeah. Like the the copious backstory they give at the beginning is that the horsemen are part of a race of Nephilim. Diablo three says hi, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, and and their ta- their first task as horsemen once they were conscripted by the Charred Council was to kill all of their brethren, and they killed them all and sealed their souls in this amulet and death didn't destroy the amulet even though he was supposed to and instead left it with with uh the the, the night's watch dude <laughs> oh man <laughs> yeah well when you spell it out like that it sounds really complicated but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's really interesting because um that adds like and doesn't make sense to say this but like the human element to death uh that he didn't want to like sacrifice his brothers it shows you how how tight he is with family mm. Yeah, which helps too, since he's going to try and save his brother war and uh, against the council's will. It seems like Death's kind of willing to play play the odds a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, when you get into that first area, um, a couple things immediately become apparent. One is that uh, Death is a lot more agile than war. Like controlling him is a, a lot. Like he's he's way jump. He's way a little floatier. But he also, he kind of moves like, uh, he's got this, like, there's a lot of, like, these Prince of Persia jumping puzzles you mm-hmm. have to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of moves around the environment. And the other thing, I think you can all know where this is going, is loot drops. Yeah. I so like it. How do, you like it? I do. I, oh, yeah? I, okay, so I really like the Diablo games mostly for mm-hmm. the loot. I'm kind of, you know, a loot hoarder. 
So when they add it into any other game, I'm about it. But I feel like it really helped show the progression of death throughout the game, you know? Like, looking back at death at the beginning, and then you're fully decked out death at the end of the game, it's such a cool mm-hmm. difference. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I really like uh, the fact that they actually gave you, like, uh, secondary weapons, like equipment, armor, talismans. Hey, look at my shoulder pads. And, and uh, <laughs> it changes uh, the appearance, too. That is always a plus. I love it when they change the appearance, mm-hmm. when they change armor. I- yeah, that's really cool. And the design of it is pretty neat. And uh, I know I've seen people posting, like, uh, people have posted, uh, like, different builds you can do for death. And it's like, Darksiders 2 is much more of a fully-fledged RPG this time oh, yeah. around, mm-hmm. rather than just a, instead of just the straight-up Zelda. Now you've got this Zelda-esque overworld with the kind of God of war e combat, but also Diablo, Diablo-style loot progression, where you're constantly getting new pants and new armor and new new scythes um and it's it's i it's interesting i i i i I, it's interesting too because uh i in case i don't know if you guys if anyone dear listeners have listened to a recent episode of random encounter i was playing breath of the wild for the first time the legend of zelda and that game also reintroduced a heavier emphasis on weapons that you find in the environment and it's interesting contrasting the two, at least for me, because I was going from Breath of the Wild into Darksiders Two for this podcast. You get like because Breath of the, the way Breath I've wanted I've wanted better loot in Zelda games for years. <laughs> like that's been one thing I've always wanted in that series. So it's interesting seeing how the two games handle it differently. Because Breath of the Wild has this like impermanence. Your weapons are more like tools for the job that can break after a certain amount of time. Whereas Darksiders 2 is more of the traditional, you use this gear until you find better gear. Well, I like it too because I'm, I kind of feel like the whole, you know, use this gear to get better gear incentivize. Mm-hmm. Because in Darksiders 1, there came a point where I was just like, I want to just continue with the main storyline. I don't care much about finding more chests. There's nothing mm-hmm. more I can really gain from them except extra experience, which is kind of pointless at endgame, but when I know that I could potentially get better scythes or better armor if I just go off the beaten path a little bit, it really does extend the gameplay time, for me at least. Yeah, it's an interesting way of looking at it. And I think I think some of the loot drops are like semi-random like in Diablo 2, so the yeah. odds of you getting something really good are are, uh, are yeah, you're, so you're rewarded well for exploring. Um, it's not like you're going to get to the end of a dungeon and find like, well, this be- this weapon is significantly weaker than everything else I could use, so I'm just yeah. not going to use it. Looking at you, Symphony of the Night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that that's really strange because like I had such bad luck with weapon drops. I like I was trying like I'm assuming you can get uh, cursed weapons uh, from just like regular like encounters with enemies. I just was getting nothing, like nothing. Oh, well, uh. I know a couple times too. You can actually purchase uh, randomly some of the artifact weapons. Mm-hmm. So I did that a couple of times, and I also love that you can upgrade the weapons. So <laughs> yeah, I actually really like that one. system. Yeah, yeah. And you choose what exactly you want upgraded on there. You know, maybe you want to add some bonus electric damage or increase the crit chance. You know, it's it's nice. I like it. It's a fun little system, and it's not partic- I wouldn't say it's particularly deep, but I think it does add a dimension to the game. The only issue I have with it really comes when is the game's balance, and this is where I have to make another Breath of the Wild comparison. Because um, Darksiders 2 is also a Zelda, a Zelda game, in as much as you're exploring a giant open, semi-open world, and you're going to different dungeons and solving puzzles. And my issue with the way the loot system is integrated has less to do with how it does in combat, but more how it gates progression. Yeah. Because you can walk into any area, most of these areas, there's tons of optional little side dungeons you can do that are off the beaten path, but you won't know if you're not supposed to be there yet until you walk in and get like a sledgehammer in your face. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's one of those things where, or or if you don't have the requisite item, this isn't like Link Between Worlds where they put a little signpost outside saying you need the the the, the claw shot to progress. Um, so if you go into a dungeon and 
you want to get a certain chest, but you don't have the, the right item yet. And that can happen very often in this game. You're kind yeah. of screwed unless you remember to go back there. Yeah, there are plenty of, uh, especially in the Forge Lands, the first area, like mm-hmm. chests I just didn't know how to get to because I simply didn't have the right equipment. And by the time I get it, it's like 10, 20 hours later. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember where that chest is anymore. Because this game has three overworlds. <laughs> it does. Something uh, that's actually been on my mind. Like, um, what 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 difficulty did you guys actually play on? Now they think about like Breath of the Wild, and then sometimes like their difficulty spikes. I played on normal. normal. Yeah, same here. Yeah, I played on easy. On easy, okay. Yeah, I'm a, wimp. I'm a wimp. I wanted to play <laughs> for the story. Hey, I played it on easy the first time I played it through because I I, I I mean I suck. I'm not very good at action games, but. Oh, uh, when I said normal, I meant I played it on Definitive Edition because I'm a cool hardcore kid. We were all playing the Definitive. We're <laughs> yeah. all playing the Definitive Edition, aren't we? A little too easy, you know. <laughs> hey, I, oh yeah, I'm okay not... with my hands being held with this. this I was is... saying Definitive because that's one of the difficulties, right? <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> yes, sure that is, is the highest one. Yeah. Dark Darksiders Two is the Dark Souls of game box titles. Ugh. <laughs> Because Definitive and War Mastered are two of the greatest puns in the game industry. Okay. <laughs> I just roll my eyes to that, but yeah, it is a funny pun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, so when once and once you get out of the initial tutorial era, you end up in the first of the game's overworlds, the Forge Lands, um, which are inhabited by uh, the Makers, which are these giant red-haired dwarf creatures um, that are Ulthane, the character from Darksiders 1. They're his species, I suppose. Um, And this is where Darksiders 2, uh, to me, it's kind of, it's interesting because it's trying to world build, but the way it's world building is a little, I think it's a little, it's really clunky in terms of, because the dwarves, these giant dwarf characters are, they're dwarves. Like, they're, they are, they are, Gimli from Lord of the Rings. We're giant. We're, but yeah, they're okay. They're giants, but that's really the only difference. They they fight with warhammers and they build things and they shape stone and they have Scottish accents. And it's like, wow, this is like the most generic fantasy <laughs> dwarf I've like ever spoken to. That wasn't towering above me. But they're tall, so it's different. Okay, it's different because they make they apparently make planets. If this world's Again, the Darksiders yeah. lore makes no sense, and Darksiders 2's attempts to expand upon it, it makes even less sense. It's just rule of cool. Is it cool? Cool. We'll put it in the game. Yeah, it's the war it's the Warhammer universe logic. Oh god, don't even let's continue on with Darksiders, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, so but Death's immediate goal from there becomes to find the Tree of Life, which is um supposedly going to lead him to a well of souls that'll let him bring humanity back to life. And, uh, and that becomes kind of the end, the looming end goal of the game that is established from the outset. Um, that death will be constantly deferred from again and again by new quests and new side missions and new objectives that just hinder him on his mission. Um, or lead him to a whole bunch of cool treasure chests. Uh, one or the other. Really depends on your preference. But the Forge Lands themselves, I feel like it might be probably the, where the game is at its strongest uh, design-wise. I don't know. What do, you, what do you guys think? I agree. I love the Forge Lands because, one, it was colorful. And I always appreciate that in the game. It was nice to look at. And, two, it felt alien but not alien enough that i couldn't get into it you know what i mean right because it's kind of got that that western fantasy vibe going yeah yes with almost like a touch of sci-fi i'd say Mm -hmm. just from this you know these are planet creating creatures that exist Mm -hmm. here but i guess it felt the most cohesive for me like each little part of the quest kind of made sense you know like Mm -hmm. oh we have to create this uh creature to help us get to the tree of life. So we need to do that first. I was like, okay, I'm on board. 
This makes sense why I'm doing this. The, the fetch quests haven't reached the absurd levels they do in the late yeah. half of the game. <laughs> By that point, you're still kind of like, okay, I can reasonably see why you would be putting up with this. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's only there's only like four makers that exist in this world, so of course they need our help. You know? Mm-hmm. Right. Plus, I think and the world, too, is like you kind of uncover it gradually. I think that's pretty... Uh, and each new area feels pretty robust with like all these little side areas to go into with puzzles and optional mm. bosses and i don't know what do you think marcos no I, this was actually my uh, favorite world uh in the game versus the other ones uh it, it's both like graphically gorgeous and like even the music is really nice and serene mm-hmm. like mm. in uh like the little hub area and just tra- traversing uh it, it's 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 funny because when you go through like one of the areas and it's just this big open field and it's like there's gonna be a boss battle here later <laughs> yeah. And yep. <laughs> Wait, are you telling me the giant eye staring at you from every point of the world didn't give it away? When I looked at that, I was like, okay, all right, maybe this could be a boss. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was like, all right, maybe, maybe this game's going to throw me a bone and there's not going to be a boss fight dealing with this. <laughs> but then, like, when the actual boss fight came, I was like, oh gosh, why? <laughs> like, I have stories about that later, but, um, you know, Dirk, like, Dirk, this, Dirk, this, Dirk. <laughs> this, you can this tell the story. Hmm? You can tell the story. You can tell the story now, man. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> later on, once you've uh, completed all the main quests uh, for the first act, uh, I'll just say they're uh, call them an act. Uh, you eventually will receive, uh, I believe, what is called a maker's key uh, that lets you oh, like control these. Uh, they're not. It's not sentinels, are they? Or constructs, like a major yeah, construct yeah. Uh, to go. More or less, punch this big eye, uh, like with its big fist, like with the <laughs> contract fist. More or less, it's a Shadow of the Colossus game. Uh, when you get over there, because what happens is, uh, man, we, there's so much that we skipped over. We should probably talk about the the bad guy first. And what we'll, we'll oh, yeah, lead Ab- up to this Abs- boss fight, Absalom. Uh, yeah, I thought it was Abaddon, but that was the first game. Yeah, I guess yeah. you could just sum it down I- to the corruption. Yes, yes. I, I understand your confusion, but yeah, the the corruption is a looming force that turns out to be a surprise. It's Absalom. He's one of the Nephilim, one of Death's brothers, quote unquote. He alive, he mad, he generic as all hell. <laughs> you betrayed me. Yeah, yes. probably. Everyone betray me. I fed up with this world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and what what was uh, Absalom's deal was, I guess he was just so like uh, consumed with like, I don't know, not wrath, but just like uh just anger for like what what was happening uh when the, the flame were being killed that he eventually became corruption and the corruption seeped into the uh the the land and was corrupting both constructs and were, were they also co- corrupting the makers I, I i forgot the lore yeah but... yeah that i think yeah i think that's it's implied that that's what like the stone zombie monsters you're fighting are okay oh, really i never got that <laughs> I yeah that, i thought yeah, they were that... all constructs some of them, some of them are, but I think the bigger enemies, like because uh, that one guy, what's his, what's his, I don't even remember the guy you can like fight against, uh, that you can like spar against him. Oh yeah, uh, I forget his name, but yeah, I know. I forgot about. his name too. He's dwarf, dwarf man, big dwarf man says um that every blow he strikes against corruption is a blow against his own kin because it consumes like everything in his path, and it, and that includes the makers themselves, which is why there's so few of them. Yeah, that makes sense. Should probably pay attention. <laughs> yeah, because it's I, all good. From what I understand, hey. constructs are uh, have like a soul. Uh, I I don't know if it's the soul of the actual like a maker, but it's definitely a soul that like the makers are like grieved that they have to kill them. I think it yeah. is the soul of the maker actually, because um, it wasn't one of the main constructs, but I think it was the side one that you have to give the stones to throughout mm-hmm. the side quests. Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. That, that you just kind of feed him rocks. Yeah, I think he makes a mention of not remembering his original name, but remembering his new construct name. Both hmm. of which I've forgotten. But <laughs> yeah, I was just say uh, if your eyes don't doesn't don't glaze over with some of this expository dialogue, Darksiders Two has a lot of it. Yes, where it's just kind of like okay, we're just talking, we're just talking about stuff now. Um, yeah, like I'm sorry, like uh, for people who like uh, think like, oh, I I don't know too much of this. It's like there's there's a lot. They they talk a lot, and it's just like like you walk mm-hmm. into a, a new area, get ready for some exposition. Yes. Yep, 
So, too. But it's really, it's really, it is in the Forge Lands, really, where I think Darksiders 2 is, as I said, at its strongest. And where you really get a feel for, like, because you'll be going around from area to area. You'll have kind of a main set of dungeons date that the game wants you to go to, um, to in order to reach, in order to proceed. But you can also, you can tackle a lot of side areas and side dungeons um, as you're as you're going there, the game really encourages you to go off the beaten path and find collectibles and treasures, and there's a lot more stuff to find than in the first Darksiders. Mm-hmm. Um, and hey, Volgrim's back, and he has a whole <laughs> side quest dedicated to him now. Nice. That isn't just well. I mean, I guess I guess in the first game you could collect those relics, but now he has this whole thing about collecting pages of Book of the Dead, which lead to enormous treasure caches. And he can, um, and he actually is a halfway decent merchant too. Yeah. So, yay, Volgrim! Thank you for your help. <laughs> Good those, to see you back, buddy. Those pages were really hard to find. I don't think I completed it. I think I got like fifteen, and that was it. Really? I feel like I feel like Darksiders Two is a completionist nightmare because there are uh, so many little doohickeys to find. Well, I also I have really bad eyes in the real world. Ah, so yeah. that would make dark sense. corridors where I'm depending uh-huh. on a tiny shimmer to find an also black page it becomes a little difficult it's it's it's, it's like how much more black could this be oh just you wait oh just you wait it's like the answer is none that reminds me i like at the beginning of the game it wants to know if you wanted to raise the gamma or whatever so i just like click that brightness so you're like yeah we're gonna bring that right up just jack jack that brightness setting uh, i saved uh, the brightness save- settings for my horror games thank you very much <laughs> Fair enough. I need. I need. I, I. I need. I need there to be so much bloom lighting and amnesia. It's not even funny. <laughs> um, real quick though, Marcos, you uh, just reminded me of something that made me angry in the story. Um, mm. Light jumping. <laughs> one thing that made me angry in the story, at least, uh, it was the dungeon where you're building the giant construct uh, yeah. to destroy the corruption yeah. uh, leading to the tree. So. Throughout this dungeon, you're collecting uh, stones to activate the giant construct. The first two stones you get are completely fine, but the third one is obviously covered in corruption, and you have to fight a corrupted construct to get it. So you get this messed up stone, bring it back, and Karn, your maker buddy, is like, hey, we shouldn't put that in there because that stone is corrupted as hell. And Death's like, it'll be fine. throw it in. And would you believe it? The construct is, is he? <laughs> <laughs> I death think... is just like who could have expected this? Death, death's over here. Like, look, I read the script. We need an action beat every ten pages. This is a video game. We need a boss fight here. Just freaking roll with me here. <laughs> it was just so obvious what was going to happen. I know. That maybe and... he was fueled by the power of hope that it was going to like break through. But it's like, come on, man. Death is our Death new doesn't... Shonen protagonist. He believes De- strong enough. Death will never give up. <laughs> Death isn't quite the, the brightest bulb of the uh, four horsemen. <laughs> I, I honest, honestly, though, like De- Death is Death has this kind of weird, sarcastic. I'm done with everything vibe to him, but he's also kind of a total doofus, which is which which is what which is something I kind of love about this game is that like they have this whole thing about you're playing as the grim reaper you're playing as death himself you know and and it's like i mean okay but you're not the king of the land of the dead because you meet him later in the game and you're not satan because this universe has its own satan equivalent that they refer to constantly which means that you're just a dude who's really good at killing people (laughs) so you're like the janitor well, I wonder if, like, the Nephilim picked their own names. Like, it wasn't assigned to them. Like, all right, Blue One, what do you want to be? Call me Death. Okay. And then, <laughs> and then, what do you want to be called? War. What do you want to be called? Oh, my God, please. You you can't just call yourself Death. <laughs> you can't. Okay, children. <laughs> what do you want to be called? I want to be Strife. All right. Death. Destruction. <laughs> it's like that one Rick and Morty episode. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, but getting back on track, um, you mentioned the music earlier, and I, I, this is another thing where um, I think that Vigil, Vigil Games 
I don't I don't have anything credible to back this up, but I feel like Vigil Games and by extension THQ were really, really trying to make Skyrim with this game. At least their initial concept was like, okay, everything's going open world, big action RPG. We want to go open world. And Jesper Kidd is actually the soundtrack under composer on Darksiders 2. Um, so it has that in common with Skyrim. Um, yeah. So if the music kind of gives you some Dovahkiin vibes at times, uh, that's probably why. Yeah, oh. it is kind of, there was a lot of weird Nordic-inspired RPGs during this, like, early 2010s time, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, I feel like that was just the thing to copy. Like, even even Darksiders 2 opening with the snow level is like, yeah. hmm. Snow is in, baby. Or at least it was. <laughs> yeah, it was I, just... think, I feel like now we're back to deserts and volcanoes. I don't know, I don't know, man, got a war. <laughs> True. True, we're still in it. We're still in it. We're still in it. Snow is still in, confirmed. Thank you, Corey Barlog. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, but the for the for so once the forage lands get out, you get out of there. Everything goes wrong, um, and death gets dropped off in the Deadlands, the land of the dead. What do we think of this zone, guys? Uh, uh, not a fan. <laughs> I hear. Actually, you know what? Uh, th- to be fair, it did uh, give us one of uh, my favorite uh, special abilities. Oh yeah, wait, which one was that? Uh, Soul Splitter. Yeah, that is really cool. I think that is a really neat ability. Yeah, and this was uh, this is uh, the skill that uh, that gets replaced, uh, or th- that replaces. Uh, what was it? It was uh, the uh, summoning the dead lords. Yeah, it's inter something, but yeah, it was like summoning the dead uh, the dead lords. And finally, be, more more or less, I like it was like a Majora's Mask. You got your little copies there, but you can control your copies, except for uh, one of them, which was just this massive death uh, statue. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it is. That is a really neat ability. I think the the later dungeon design is actually pretty strong in Darksiders too, which um, is more than I could say for the first game. <laughs> the black the Black Throne still haunts me. Oh, so if there's one thing about if there's one thing I'll say that in favor of the Deadlands, it's you're right, Marcos. The the abilities you get and the dungeons you do, I think, are still pretty good. You get some cool boss fights, like that one Cthulhu thing. Like oh, that, yeah. that fights that fight's awesome. Like that was that was really That's cool. That's in uh, City of the Dead, right? Like right at the uh, end of that act. Yeah, right. And I, I say I enjoyed that dungeon uh, pretty well. Um, it's kind of it's and. Uh, and there's there's still tons of optional stuff to find. Um, one thing that is interesting is that um, the Definitive Edition, which includes all the DLC from the original version, their way of implementing the DLC is interesting. Did any of you find it? Uh, I got the Coliseum ticket, but uh, I don't think I ever got anything else. Um, so hmm. I was going to say, was the Nomads, uh, Nomads thing one of them? I think so. Um, that one, Argyle's Tomb, and... Um, yeah, uh, yeah, you get them. Um, but basically what they did is they made the DLC loot drops um, instead of being like you access all the DLC from the title screen. In order to unlock it, you have to find it in the overworld and then you get the option to do it. So in order to get Argyle's Tomb, you have to find and defeat the mini boss Argyle, who's one of the optional dungeons in oh. one of the options. And then you unlock his DLC chapter after that. Which I think is kind of an interesting way of working into it. Um, and it, there is a lot more game to do because that one DLC chapter alone has like three new dungeons. Oh. And like, there's a <laughs> there's a lot of game. There's a lot of game to be had in Darksiders uh, 2. Did you actually do the DLC? I did Argyle's Tomb. Um, I didn't do the other ones. One of them... Um, well, I'm, this is spoiler alert for the uh, later in the episode, but one of them is one of those godforsaken third-person shooter sections, oh, and <laughs> I and I and I actually want to die. Like when they make pretty much the second they put the gun back in my hand, I'm just like, it's this again. <laughs> it's, it's this again. Okay, you did you did it again, Vigil. Okay, uh, so that was one of the things with uh, the Forge Lands that like killed me, like when like. Uh, the the young lady like gives you or tells you like here I made you something or, like take this with you. The first thing I thought like please don't let it be a gun. And then like the next thing he's holding is a gun. I was like, <laughs> and it's like yeah, why? <laughs> don't give just, him a gun. 
What, what I love too about that scene too is that they're like, is that it's like it's Strife's gun. How did you get this? I don't know. <laughs> Strife probably show- like somewhere sleeping and like looking to his side. It's like, where are my like, guns? Where are uh, my guns? Death! Um, I swear to God. <laughs> prediction: Dark Siders four. First half of the game is just going to be Strife trying to find his guns from Death and War. <laughs> That's going to be the it. entire first ten hours. Where are my guns? I'd, I'd play it. <laughs> No combat, uh, it's all stealth missions. I, I would be um, co- okay, okay with that. <laughs> oh, Lord. I, w- I wouldn't be. Stealth sections. Nah. But um, the thing about it, we got again, we got off the thread in a good way. But um, the Deadlands is where Darksiders 2, I think, really starts to show signs of we are trying to put in as much game as we can with not much thought into how well it's put together or how like because the deadlands is a, i think there's a lot more in there than the forge lands if you really want to get technical about it there's more dungeons there's more treasure there's more stuff but it's all just kind of slapped together into this big open gray field yes like the forge lands were entertaining to travel through because it was so different each time you went into a new area but the deadlands is just the same gray sandy scape each place you go you know the dungeons are pretty interesting once you get into them, but traveling, but like this is the part where I abuse the fast travel system because I just had no interest <laughs> of riding my horse back and forth. Mm-hmm. I don't blame you, but it, it's actually really weird that like I love the Forge Lands, like just because it's graphically and musically just great. But like I found that the the Deathlands uh, had just a lot better like abilities. I like the fact that when you. Uh, go to hunt the uh well the king of the deads or whoever's uh his lords uh that they you control them because uh the king of the dead gives you a item to control them so you have to collect three of them and after you beat each dungeon you you control them and they act both as uh like pu- like use for puzzles as well as another character that fights with you which mm. is wild. i was like oh my gosh i have an ally this is actually really cool yeah, it is pretty neat, and it seems like it seems like another point where like this could have been a whole like idea for like, well, what if we made a game with had all all four horsemen and, and they teamed up? Oh my gosh, I would kill for that! Please just make a like action RPG with all the horsemen. Like that better be the fourth one, or if they're gonna do a, a quintilogy or whatever you call it, just you better to make, like do that. I mean, they still haven't resolved the cliffhanger from the first game, even in the sequel, so... <laughs> we'll get to it eventually, don't worry. Not in the third game, we won't. Because <laughs> the premise of the third game is that Fury's off doing the same thing Death's doing. <laughs> oh, wait, is she uh, trying to clear... Uh, um... I thought she well, was... She's, uh... she, she's been, like, she's doing something on behalf of the Charred Council while, oh, okay. uh, w- while War's in jail, but it's still another side quest. If um, I remember the trailer, I think she might be actually trying to find death. Hmm. Now I haven't seen the trailer in months, so I might be completely wrong. But I, I haven't either. I know down she, one of the other horsemen. I know it involves like the seven deadly sins or whatever. Which okay, sure, fine, video game. Yes, but that's um, <laughs> right. I forgot that cliche. Uh, Please don't be but, seven different worlds. Oh, uh, ten bucks that uh, greed or sloth is a super fat guy. Ten bucks down. Dude, um, I'll reach you a hundred that she's gonna get a gun. Oh yeah, I just, get a gun. Oh, she, get a gun. she she will absolutely get a gun. Um, and she already has a whip, so it's basically a Castlevania game confirmed. Um, uh, uh, that'd be so cool. Meh. <laughs> you, you say that, but remember the last time they made a three D Castlevania? <laughs> what was that, Lord Shadows or something like that? I forgot. Uh, I can't remember. It. Uh, <laughs> Okay, you know what? The Lords Lords of Shadow does have does have like Robert Carlyle, Jason Isaacs, and Patrick Stewart in it, and Ooh. it's somehow still it's somehow still bad. Smooth voices. <laughs> uh, just the voice work, man. But the dialogue, though. <laughs> Anywho, um, Dark moving on through Darksiders two, um, fetch quests. Ugh. Do we like them? Ugh. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> it seems like it seems like pretty much ev- even in the main story, it feels like every other thing that Death needs to do is go find three things. Yes, it's well, it's it's always three things. Even uh, in the Deadlands, I feel like I feel like it was almost the game laughing at you when you go to find 
the dead lords, and you find all three, and bring them back to the Lord of Bones, and then he just kills them in front of you. <laughs> and even death in the game is like, are you serious? Yeah, death, like, is, death is mad. He's just like, what? What? what is this? It's like, it's cool, I'll give you a new ability, bye. And it's like, you could have done that hours ago. And then, and then you know what? You have to go find three things uh, after that. Oh gosh! The rule of three was this game. The rule yeah. of three. The rule of th- the rule of three is hard. And don't and don't to get one of the dead lords. Don't you have to get another collection of items, yes. three things in that three dungeon? Human souls inside the three. Souls. I was like, oh my god, are you? It's the side quests are breeding. It's side. Uh, it's fetch quests within fetch yeah. quests. I appreciate <laughs> that the three souls or human souls are like just the same god, like yes. businessman. <laughs> Uh, it's like, yeah, the game knows. The game Man, knows. That's, that's horrible. Apparently, whatever clothes you're wearing when you die is just what you wear for eternity. Yeah, so don't don't die in like a fedora and trench coat because you're uh. gonna be a tool for eternity. <laughs> what about if you're like just getting out of the bathtub? You know, then the apocalypse happens. You're stuck nudie forever, baby. No, that's like, why you gotta like change as fast as possible. It's like, oh gosh, if, if I learned anything from Darksiders. <laughs> it's just me going through my closet trying to find <laughs> what I'll look best in for eternity. I need pants. I need pants. <laughs> it's like, screw it. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna look nice. <laughs> oh, God. This uh. game is. Ridiculous. This game is ridiculous, <laughs> but even even when it's starting to drag its feet a little bit, I think it's still a pretty fun time. There's still stuff to go. You can still pop back to the Forge Lands and do side quests, even though you really shouldn't be able yeah. to do that in the lore. But whatever, video games. Um, yeah. I think the only big one you really need to go back for is that uh, optional bosses quest, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, right. Because there's there's like four like optional bosses you can do that are like, and th- and those are actually pretty cool and have decent like. That you like, there's actually a decent like track trip to like finding them, and they usually have yeah. like a dungeon or something to do. That's pretty neat. Um, I like um, especially that one like giant. There's like a there's like a freaking there's like a fire bat demon monster thing that's underground in the Forge Lands that you can like almost you can bump into it early on. Oh really? And that's one of the th- yeah oh, yeah. Crazy. It's like you have to. It's 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 pretty cool, but um, it's kind of Xenoblade. Yeah. Excuse me. It's kind of Xenoblade-y in that, like, uh, oh, wow, yeah, that thing is definitely going to murder me. I'm going to poke it. <laughs> but, um... Uh, but, uh, uh... Yeah. Oh, did did any of you do the Coliseum? Just out of curiosity? I did not. No, no. I was... Okay. I want to wrap it up after, like... It's not... It's, 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 it's not great. It is literally just, um, just a battle arena. And now that they don't... I don't know if... There was, like, a multiplayer component to it. I don't even know if that's still active anymore. Oh, but, that'd be cool. It does. It does bring back uh, the zombie with the top hat. Oh, oh yeah, uh, Wicked uh, D or something like that. No, Wicked yeah, K. Wicked D. Wicked K. <laughs> I don't think but I'm pretty sure that's a band. <laughs> Tenacious D is what. You... <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. my favorite zombie. So, so Jack Black shows up in Darksiders. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that happens, and then the, the, there is one more. Well, yeah, there is one more overworld in the game, but I hesitate to even call it an overworld because it is tiny. Yeah. It is. It is. It is. There is a single central area with one NPC, and you get another quest to go get three more doohickeys, <laughs> and and the, you do the, the dungeons. There are pretty good. But then it zaps you back to Earth for another third-person shooter section against freaking the tripods from War of the Worlds. And I'm just like, why is this even a year? Yeah, that was really weird. Like when you Why that, am I What was it, like a bazooka why? and machine gun you get a, type weapon? Yeah, you get you get you get one of those angel bazooka machine gun things from the first game, and you meet Uriel from the first game, and it's like it's it's so weird. That that that's when like I was I was just like man wrap it up like this this is interesting but like I I would not want to return to Earth like that just like just to do a mm-hmm. like a shooter section because that's what it was it was just a shooter section. Uh-huh. But guys, guns are cool. If it worked for Shadow the Hedgehog, it'll work for the Four Horsemen. But it <laughs> didn't work for Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> you shut your mouth, Peter. <laughs> I'm Shadow sorry the Hedgehog for. Hedgehog is a cult classic that has yet to be realized. I am sorry that I that I have desecrated <laughs> the corpse of the greatest masterpiece, unsung masterpiece of our days, Shadow the Hedgehog. But 
And then, um, and then what? But what bugs me is more uh, because there's that one dungeon too where you have to go back in time and you fight Samael, which yeah. Sam, which it's cool seeing Samael again. But Samael ended Darksiders one on such a cool like we'll see each other again note where he's like now all powerful and like this serious possible threat, and instead he's just another Mook dungeon boss you have to fight, and he doesn't even get out of his chair. Well, yeah. to be fair, like uh, he. Uh, Death did go back in time, so I assume he went back in time before he became more powerful. Yeah, but it's still kind of disappointing, you know? Like, I feel like they had this... And, and again, it also feels a little tacked on that, like, you're even... Because by this point, I don't even care what's happening in the story. I'm just like, <laughs> okay, where are the things I need to collect to make the next movie happen so I can finish this game? Um, Yeah, yeah, like, what was it? Uh, not, not Was it Voidwalker or, or, or something Walker that made you go back in time to go, like, deal with this dungeon? I mean, that's a cool yeah. concept, but, like, it's really late in the game. Like, don't introduce that now. Yeah, it's a, and there's there's some really cool puzzles that involve because you get another portal gun, um, yeah, you and you and you can use that in conjunction with the one that splits you into two bodies in conjunction with the time one to like th- the puzzles get really complicated. Like there's one where you, there's like a physics puzzle where you have to chuck a ball through a portal and then catch it with your other uh, self. That's like that took me a million tries because the hit detection on that Wait, ball just what? would You're not You're supposed to throw work. it at yourself? Are you talking about the one where it's like the uh, the portal is just in a pool of lava and it's like across yeah. the maze? Dude, yeah, that's you what know I, what I did? I did what, not what did do that. Do? What did you do? <laughs> uh, I just went back the way I did, but like I had my like the clone stand at the top of uh like where the platform would end and then had the other clone jump to the other place and just grab it from the hand and just did that and we just walked my way back. Oh I hate you. <laughs> because at first I was like, there's there's no way you could do this. This can't be right because I kept failing it. And I just did it that way. I was like, this is definitely the way. And this portal is just a red herring. Uh, I hate you. I think I think I think that the intended way to design that puzzle was not play tested because I, <laughs> and, and I just uh oh man. Maybe they did play uh, test it and they did it f- like perfect on the first shot. It's like all right, it's good. Ship it. All right, we're good. Yeah, like the like the guy who play tested it was just too good at the game. Or my theory, THQ was shutting down and they're like, gotta release this game. Gotta release this game. Gotta release this game. <laughs> um, oh man. That dungeon hurt. That wasn't quite as bad as the Black Throne, but it was close. A lot of times when I do games for retro, I try to avoid guides as much as possible. You know, Mm -hmm. because I want to experience it fresh and new without any uh, implication. But these final, like, dungeons, like, from the Deadlands on, I had to constantly check to see what the hell I was supposed to do. Yeah, they do get pretty pretty complicated. And they're not very good at sign. They're not as good at, like... Again, I've been spoiled because I've been playing Breath of the Wild, and the Divine Beasts are, are astounding. Yes, the, like in terms of scale and scope and how they're all interconnected. Um, the Dark Siders two dungeons are not bad in the and strictly speaking, but they are not very good at signposting your objective or yeah. how you're supposed to navigate those spaces. It was mostly a case of not knowing what to do, looking it up, and then going, "Oh." Of course, now it makes sense. Yeah, which, and considering how many abilities you have to work with, though, like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it is a bit of trial and error. So, uh, are we ready to talk about the final boss? Or lack thereof? <laughs> oh, wait, there was a final boss? Oh, yeah, Absalom. there was! Absalom is such an easy fight, I don't think he even bears mention. Oh, gosh. Like, yeah. I, th- I, th- I thought the first game couldn't have had a lamer final boss. I was proven wrong. Absalom, <laughs> Absalom sucks. I was going to say, wait a second, don't you diss uh, Abaddon? My favorite, like, Sephiroth clone? My favorite Sephiroth clone who, like, made love to a Warhammer 40k space marine. <laughs> and then became a Griffin Dragon thing. They said I could be anything, so I became whatever this is. <laughs> <laughs> this abomination. <laughs> Everything I know is suffering. <laughs> it's like uh, that bit from the fl- it's like that bit from the fly where Jeff Goldblum crawls out of the teleporter, <laughs> and it's like, oh, what have I become? <laughs> uh, but yeah, did you guys have any trouble with that final fight whatsoever, or was no. it just over and done nope. with? Yeah, it's so lame. <laughs> yeah, 
I, I thought there was going to be like a second phase to it. Like it, nope. it can't be this easy. No, it is. It was. <laughs> it is. Uh, and then it ends. So much. It doesn't so much end as it stops. Like it's like <laughs> the game just stops. <laughs> That's a good. It, it's it's just, no credits. It just ends. The game ejects from the PS4. It's 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 the same ending scene from the first Darksiders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, more saying like uh, whatever, like whatever. I, I I don't care. And then like you see the four horsemen, or at least you think of what what it is. The four horsemen flying through the sky, like Captain Planet being summoned or something like that. Uh huh. I mean, I'm like here sitting in my chair. It's like uh, the whole like itchy and scratchy thing, where uh, where like itchy cr- scratchy try to get to the uh, fireworks uh, factory. Millhouse is like, when are they gonna get to the firework factory? When are we gonna get to the four horsemen? And they they go through this whole melodramatic thing of like death sacrificing himself to bring back humanity or whatever. And it doesn't matter because like a minute later he's in the ending cutscene. Yeah. Oh like, yeah, there will always be a horseman. Oh. Okay, cool. So did someone else take? Did did because the oh yeah the crow father becomes the good guy for some reason and then he shows up and like I don't. I think yeah. the crow father was always a I don't want to say like good guy but at least like a ally of death. It's just that he was so like plagued by the the voices from the uh, amulet that death entrusted with him that it just drove him to madness. So and death, now he's he like better. This. Okay, I guess fair enough. <laughs> yeah, he was still like ambiguous or like whatever offered yeah. poor advice just like tell me what to do hold my oh. hand oh man <laughs> so uh yeah darksiders 2 uh i guess i guess what i want i want to hear some final summaries from you guys and then i want to talk about uh, i want to do try something really quick after that but first let's give final thoughts what do we think of this game overall oh, okay i'll start sorry i'm still really tickled at the idea of a game just stopping and forcibly ejecting the disc. <laughs> it's, didn't 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 Hideo Kojima, didn't Hideo Kojima once posit that he wanted a game that you could only play once and then it would catch fire? Of course, it's Hideo Kojima. Because <laughs> I guess I mean I mean I feel like most people did that with Metal Gear Solid Four anyway. But <laughs> okay, but um, continue on thoughts on Darksiders Two. Um, I feel that it is an improvement over Darksiders One because it adds a lot of new things that are really good. But it does not get rid of the same flaws that the first game had. So I guess it's better, but it still has issues that I hope will be solved eventually in this series. I just don't want to get bored 10 hours in. That's the long and short of it. Stop boring me in the middle of the game, please. No, I agree with you, Keegan. Uh, I felt the same way. Like It got to a point where I just wanted to wrap up. It's like, let's go wrap it up. But to be fair, I do like this game better than the first one, and I'm still going to complain. I want this guy, like my character, to go faster. Like I am just pet peeved with it. I, like I said, it was war. I want it to be like Sonic the Hedgehog. Just keep spinning, keep jumping. Like don't like how you can jump twice and then like the third one, it's it makes you jump and then you pause. Like maybe he's tired or whatever. No, I just want him flipping around like a circus monkey. Just just keep going. Just keep going. You're doing great. I feel like I'm encouraging him. At the very least, Death's, I like Death's little dodge roll, how he like, kind of, like, he does the two little rolls and then, like, hops up and, like, like, crouch it, like, crouch, like, crouches, like, he's getting ready to jump. It's kind of cool. Yeah, um, yeah, like, I love that animation for that. I just wish that it just kept going and not pausing for that last dodge roll. Because I was like, yeah, uh-huh. this is speed. This is good. It's like, why are you stopping? Why are you slowing down? Come on, Link didn't do this. Let's go. Come on, Link. Link's gonna figure it out. Well, then they took out. <laughs> then bring, bring. Okay, Nintendo. You're. I know you're not listening to this podcast that is unrelated to your game in any way. But bring dodge rolling back in the next Zelda. Yeah, like uh, with th- hover boots. So it's just a continuous <laughs> roll. Yeah, please and thank you. Peter. Now I just have um, <laughs> the image of death constantly rolling, a la Ocarina of Time. Just, <laughs> but it's death, so it's. <laughs> Hey, I would like Uh-oh. just put that up with him out. doing a, a bomb roll for all I care, just getting hit with that and just glitch out, mm-hmm. and he just like, rolls <laughs> away. Like, I, I don't care. Just make him go faster. Just please, oh, please. Maybe, maybe, dark... maybe... Oh, sorry, guy. I was to say uh, maybe maybe he could get some help from uh, the crow that's always traveling with him. Dusk. Yeah, uh, you know what? Any... Is dusk is dusk useful? I want you to know. Tell oh, me this. Dusk. I couldn't remember the button to activate him. Yeah, it's the stick. You click the stick. 
No. Is that it? Because I never did it. I forgot there was I a could... bird following you. Yeah, no, he's like, um, it's like, um, the scout flies from Monster Hunter World, or, um, it's like, it's like, instead of a Navi that you can, like, that ha- that tells you a hint, what, you click the stick and Dusk will fly in the general direction you're supposed to be going. See, you This is to- less, yeah. I was gonna say, you compared it to the scout flies of Monster Hunter World, but at least the scout flies can stay dedicated to one objective. It felt like yeah, Dust yeah, just no. Changes my <laughs> Dust, like an animal. Dust gets it just had, like, ADD. <laughs> Dust is just a bird. Dust. That's it. He's not a magical crow. He's just a bird you're following. Yeah, it, Dust. Dust doesn't really. Yeah, he. I don't think he. I think he just gets confused. He gets stuck on things. He doesn't like. He's just not very good at his job, so to speak. His one job. <laughs> uh. Oh man. I overall, I'm with you guys though. I I enjoy Darksiders too. I enjoy the concept of the game. It's presenting where I see a Zelda game with better loot and a more interesting world to explore. And I like the RPG progression. I like this. I like exploring and finding optional dungeons. And uh, in a way, I kind of feel like I've, I've said before. I want. I like traditional dungeons in Zelda games, and I'd like to see them come back in some capacity. I think um, Darksiders two is a imbalanced, imperfect template for how that kind of game could have worked. Um, I think I like the first game more. I think, I think the first game is tighter designed. I think the combat feels better. Um, there was a really good video going around a while back where someone talked about the combat balance in Darksiders 2 and well, or again, or the combat balance or how it doesn't exist because the RPG elements kind of break the combat, the God of War combat, which kind of breaks the exploration. Um, but all in all, I still enjoy it, even if it is kind of a, a, an, a like a wibbly wobbly seven for me. Uh, and I'm really curious to see where this series goes next, because what little we've seen of Darksiders three, um, which was announced right after our podcast on the first yeah. game, and not salty oh, yeah. about this at all. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Uh, uh, what, what little we've seen of Darksiders 3 looks more Dark Soulsy with like a big interconnected world and zones, like zones that transition into each other, like like in the first Dark Souls. Um, I don't know. That was, and this is what I wanted to, to end this podcast on, gentlemen, was I wanted to th- see what would you like to see in Darksiders 3? Um, what, do you, what do you think they could do with it? Hmm. Well, I think for me, uh, now because you keep saying Dark Soulsy, I'm not opposed to uh, a bit more of a Dark Souls flavor in the combat, if that makes sense. I feel okay. like the era of hack and slash is kind of really it's diminishing lately. I mean, you know, we just had God of War released recently, but that game has massive RPG tones to it, you know. Mm-hmm. Plus, the combat's way more like you. You have to be st- a little more strategic with it. Yeah. So, um, I feel like going more RPG style is a good direction to take. They need to really do the entire story really well, and not kind of phone in the last couple hours. Mm-hmm. But I feel like uh, Fury is going to be an interesting character. From what we've seen from the trailers, she seems very different from War and Death. So I have hopes for Darksiders 3. It's just real. It needs to find its feet. That's it. That's what I'm looking for. It needs to pick what it wants to be and stick with it, you know? Mm-hmm. And Marcos, what do you think? Um, I mean, more or less, just it's, it's like, it's kind of like that. And just go back like five minutes and me screaming, go faster. Just go fast. <laughs> Please just go fast. You gotta I go fast. You go, just go. Okay. So Marcos does not want a fat roll. Confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Marcos, but uh, to be honest, though, just, just keep the, the uh, keep going with the RPG, uh, RPG elements. I think that was interesting. And I would really like to see like, you know, a better, I don't want to say a better loot system. Just like, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, personally, I would like... No, I know what I want. I don't want the same skills. Don't give me the same skills. I don't want a portal gun. I don't want a hookshot skill. I don't want any of that. I want a new set of skills. Completely unique to, to her. 
Yeah, I know. I could see that. Yeah, because we don't really because and that's 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 the problem Zelda ran into too. Where Zen Darksiders yeah. is very much aping Zelda, but we don't really need another hook shot, another bow and arrow, another uh, you know whatever. We want to like these more unique items, and Breath of the Wild did that with Cryonis and Stasis and all that, giving you a really versatile tool set. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'd be very curious to see how they handle that, how they handle puzzle progression in in Darksiders three. Um, especially with a more Soulsy, if they if they really are going all in with a more Soulsy tone, the Souls games tend to tell tend to they, they gently nudge you to puzzle to puzzles more than like outright are like this is a room, figure out the solution to all this these intricate things. It's more like yeah, fi- explore this area and you'll kind of stumble across where you need to go. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm curious about where they go with it. I feel like Darksiders 2 was an interesting step towards that, where like you have inter- interconnected zones where you can go off the beaten path and find cool stuff and puzzles and areas. I think if they flesh that out a lot more, I think it could be really something special. Um, and that's, yeah, that is really what I want to see. I don't know if I need quite as much loot and dropping, but I would like to see the RPG elements return in some fashion. Um, uh, maybe a bit better armor sets or but but collectibles that have a use, um, as you go along. Yeah, uh, maybe not. S- a, I'm sorry. Yeah. Continue. I'm sorry. I was saying maybe just don't have us hunting down pebbles to feed to a Brockman. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Uh, just give us Breath of the Darksiders. That's all. Breath, mm. breath, breath of the Darksiders. <laughs> that's that's what I want. It's not what I want. But. <laughs> uh, THQ Nordic, because I know you listen to our podcast. Uh, please, I actually want more loot drops. I want a new sword every enemy I kill. All right, so Keegan, <laughs> Keegan is about to be muted. Um, no, no. <laughs> no, no. Death, go. Get Keegan. Okay. <laughs> get uh, on with it. Sorry, sorry, buddy. Sad to come to this. It was worth it. Uh, but yeah, uh, no, uh, and I think that with that, that kind of concludes the Retro Encounters take on Darksiders 2. Uh, do we have any lingering thoughts, gentlemen, on our journey together with Death and his horse and his hair? <laughs> uh, enough said. His hair, his hair is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I feel like you should go for a good shower. I feel yeah. like that hair hasn't been conditioned in a while. I mean, probably. I mean, he's been uh, like he bla- he bathed in the blood of his enemies. It, it's yeah, perfectly but... fine. <laughs> yeah, but Elizabeth Bathory tried that, and I'm not sure how well that turned out. <laughs> the smell, though. Ugh. Oh yeah, he probably reeks. Oh god. Yeah. No, no one. No wonder nobody wants to talk to him. It's like everybody wants to talk to him. Here. <laughs> oh man. So, uh. A few things of housekeeping, just for few, what to expect on future episodes of Retro Encounter. Um, June, we are going to be having a two two episodes on the original Mass Effect. Um, it's an ex- a game near and dear to the parts of many members of our staff, so please look forward to that. I think we might be getting um, the original staff Canadian back for this. <laughs> hint, hint. I'm not sure, actually, who's going to be on that show, but please look forward to it. Um, June's also going to have a couple side episodes about um, video game boss battles and courtroom trials. Eh? Ooh. Eh? Keegan? I object. Um, you object? That statement oh, okay. is too vague. It is too I have va- the evidence oh. to prove it. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> please please look forward to that as well. Stays vague. I know I, we can't submit this evidence in court. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And we are st- we're still working on what's going to come in July, but Mike Solosi is very excited about the games that we're considering for that month. So whatever it is, you know it's going to be something special, and that's really what we look for here at Retro Encounter, is to keep you guys entertained. So, with that said, I'm Peter Treisenberg. You can find me at I Have Fury on Twitter, or PeterT at RPGFan.com if you want to reach out with an e- for an email, talk to me about news, anything like that. Uh, Keegan, where can the listeners find you? Uh, the best way to get in contact with me, I'm very active on my personal Twitter. It is at Brand. Stop on by, send me a tweet. Uh, I repost a lot of funny things and video game thoughts. All right. What about you, Marcos? 
Uh, I'm pretty active on Twitter as well, at RhythmRoo. Uh, and you can also catch me on uh, Discord sometimes, or if you have any uh, music news or music questions or just music stuff, uh, you can send it to uh, either music at RPGFan.com or MarcosG at RPGFan.com. I'm always open to see new stuff, especially RPG music stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, you heard it, fellas. Uh, that's going to be it for episode 138 of Retro Encounter. Uh, for myself, for Keegan, for Marcos, good night. Good luck. Don't go to the Deadlands. It's a bad place. <laughs> Adios. Farewell, Ryder. Death be not proud. For some have called thee mighty and dreadful. Thou art not so.